Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Hey, good morning, Neighborhood Church. Welcome to our live stream this morning. Thank you, Rich, for that encouragement. And I do hope you kind of are able to change your shirt and uh, and all that. It is a mess when we pop off. And by the way, thanks for leaving me a can here. I actually need to talk about it later. Um, but thank you for joining us this morning. And I think it's been like, what, uh, well over a month, six, seven weeks, we've been at this whole quarantining, social distance thing, this, this trying to not go out or interact with others. How are you doing with all of that? Uh, if you're like me, it, it's a bit frustrating. Uh, when I think about something frustrating, I think about dealing with, uh, you know, these blister pack packaging. Oh, man. These just call me, all cause me all kinds of frustration. I try to rip it open. I try to tear it open. I can cut it open. I cut my nose. I just can't stand it. Oh, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Thanks for letting me uh, uh, vent a little bit. Uh, uh, and, and, and maybe you feel the same frustration uh, or at least... Uh, you get my frustration. Maybe take a moment, if you wouldn't mind, if you're in the live chat thing, maybe you can let me know, hey, I feel with you, Pastor Mike. Uh, maybe do that and it'll be great. Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, I, I understand your pain. I mean, when I try to open those blister backs, I, sometimes I get so frustrated and I try to do it with my strength that I even cut up my own hands. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I get so frustrated at that. But actually... You know, what I've learned over the period of time is that um, if you use scissors to cut them open, it actually makes it way easier. Uh, Would you like to borrow some of these scissors? Great idea. And I totally agree with you guys. It's super frustrating. I hate that packaging as well every time I go to Costco and get that stuff. But, you know, Pastor Mike, it seems like there's a lot of energy towards those blister packs. Are you sure that some of that emotion isn't for something else? Oh, yes, and and thank you, uh, Victor and Dr. Anna, clinical psychologist. It, it it does help to know that I am not alone, and I'm sure that there is more. I'm more frustrated with th- these things uh, d- due to all that's going on in this pandemic, this coronavirus, COVID nineteen crisis, uh, and yes. Uh, all we are dealing with as, as a result of this coronavirus sure is far worse than any kind of blister packaging opening uh, because this pandemic has caused great frustration. Have you been feeling it? Uh, maybe you're frustrated over the, the limitations that we experience uh, in these days. Maybe it's you, you can't hug the ones you love. Uh, you can't go just shop and enjoy the store or go... Uh, to experience some of those familiar amusements and and sporting events that you would like to go to. You can't go to the movies or Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland. And, and yet even deeper, you're wondering about finances, maybe your own job or, or your health. We, we actually had in our family a little bit of a health scare. Uh, one of our family members came down with a super sore throat and a high fever. Those are all markers and, uh, and went ahead and got the COVID test and, and found out they were negative. And so no, no worries. They, they still had strep throat, but it was, at least it was just that and, and not, and not the, the, the COVID-19. But uh, 
you know, when will this quarantine end? It's frustrating not knowing, and the, the news media keeps getting us back and forth with all of this. And when will it get back to normal? And or, or what might be the new normal that we experience? Uh, some say that that we're all in the same boat, all same boat of suffering, and then they do that to, to get that same sense that 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 we're not alone in this. Yes, as many people are suffering, and maybe you are deeply. But, but we each have our own experience. Some, uh, uh, loneliness is a huge storm. Or dealing with homeschooling is their rough waters. Still yet others is, is the hurricane of fear and anxiety and, and that sense of being overwhelmed and, and not being equipped to process it all. Uh, what are some of the storms that you're noticing around you? Why don't you comment in the, the chat section? And actually, when you do that, you naming your what you're noticing will help others uh, in, put words to their struggle. In all this, we, we do ask, why me? And thus the series that we're going through, hashtag why me? So, so how do we process all of this? Uh, to process is, is, is to figure out what we're feeling. Uh, to name, to identify our feelings, to, to gain a bit of insight and understanding about all this emotional stuff inside. How do we deal with all that's going on in our emotions? And, and how do we help others? Because we're supposed to help others. Uh, for the truth is, God has placed us in society, in, in community, amongst other people, in a neighborhood, in, a, in groups. Uh, and scripture is very clear, Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love one another. It's taken from the, the Bible book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18. And, and, and Jesus actually affirmed that in, in the Bible verse, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40, where Jesus talks about the two most important commandments of all, uh, saying that, that, that we're to love God, but also love others. It's the, it's the flip side of loving God because you can't love God and not love others. Well, well, as we have been studying the, the Bible book of Job, uh, Job has experienced a, a tsunami of anguish. He lost everything. His, his, his livelihood, much of his employees, and he lost his 10 children all at once. That must have been an incredible kick in the gut. Heart-wrenching, awful a suffering that, that many of us have, have not experienced, but some have. And his health was now gone. And yet he was still alive in, in this living nightmare. <laughs> we left Job in Job chapter 2, verse 10. Sitting on an ash heap, taking a piece of broken pottery and, and scraping off the scabs and the oozing sores off of his body. Life was out of control for Job. And yet Job chose the control of choice, the choice to focus on God, not blaming God or focusing his anger on God, but he actually worshiped God to trust in God's character. And, and even when things go bad and, and focus on how great and how awesome and how wonderful and beautiful and good God is. 
trusting in him when it makes no human sense. And now Job is ready to start processing it all. And in Job chapter 2, verse 11, uh, to, to chapter 3, the end of that chapter, verse 26, we learn three important actions to take on as we process our own suffering experience. Some real practical things here this morning. These three important actions of processing suffering are helpful for the willingness to process suffering connects us to God and continues healing. Well, I really want us to look into that this morning as we take a look continuing our study in the Bible book of Job. So before we do that, if you wouldn't mind, and I know it's kind of weird to stand up in your living room, but, but other people are standing in their living rooms all over the place or wherever you are. So stand up, unless of course you're driving, but I don't think I'd recommend you watching this while you're driving. But, but, but stand up and let's pray and let's ask God to challenge us this morning. Father God, uh, I thank you for bringing us all together and assembling us together in all of our different special places today. And God, I pray that you'd meet with each one. God, as we take a look at Job and, and how he processed through this with some friends and, and all those things, God, that you will teach us and challenge us and encourage us and help us, even in the midst of all the struggling we're facing now and on into the future, Lord, when we encounter those difficult times. Help us learn, Holy Spirit, teach us, and may we have an enjoyable time together as we study your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. I encourage you to pick somewhere on the screen there. There is a way to click and find a note or just jot down some notes on a piece of paper because these are things you're going to want to hang on to as we walk through this this morning. And also encourage you to pick up the study guide. It's a link around where you're at. And if you're curious about that, just ask in the chat where it is and they'll send that to you and that'd be great. But, but, but these three important actions of processing suffering, the first of these actions in processing suffering is the willingness to seek presence, to seek presence not present like a gift, but the presence of other people. It's a willingness to be present with others and with God. <clears throat> so let's, let's look at Job's experience. Hopefully you have your Bible open uh, or, or you, your app is open on your Bible and you can look at that. Job chapter two, we're starting now in verse 11. It says, now when Job, three friends heard of all this evil that had come. Job had more than three friends, but, but three friends were the ones that responded and, and, and they heard this. Uh, they were willing to hear. It caught their attention. That takes an, an outward and an others focused mentality. Turning our eyes outward. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. You see, we're, we're to care about others. Even if we're struggling, and the truth is, you can do both at the same time. Now, I could pick many examples because we have a wonderful church here, but, but I want to pick one particular example that has been personal to me. It's Dot Slagle. And Dot, I hope you're listening and watching in because I want to encourage you. Uh, Dot Slagle, uh, married to Clayton Slagle. Clayton was on our staff here. He went home to be with the Lord a while back. And, and uh, um, uh, I've been visiting Dot. And, and one of the reasons I've been visiting Dot is because she lived just a block away from where the facility where my mom was staying before she died. 
And many times I would go and I'd visit my mom. And sometimes it was a difficult visit because some of you know that if you're dealing with aging parents and they're dealing with dementia and those things like that, those visits aren't easy. And I would come a little exhausted, but I'd gear up as I'd kind of drive a block and then go to the Slagle household and uh, go and visit Dot. And I was ready to minister to her and ask her questions. And she did. And, and I was able to pray with her. But almost every, well, I cannot say almost every single time I was there, Dot was asking me questions about me. Mike, how are you doing? How are you doing with your mom? How does it feel? She was concerned about me and praying for me and encouraging me. And I walked out of there every single time built up. And I was there to minister to her. Uh, But you see, we can do both. Uh, We can uh, minister to others even though we're hurting. Well, let's let's read on with Job and take a look at this first uh, step in processing to be in presence with other people. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place. Eliphaz, the the Tamanite, Bildad, the Shuhite. Now, you you know that Bildad's the the shortest person in the Bible, right? You know how I know? (laughs) Because he was a Shuhite. Get it? (laughs) Shuhite? Okay, yeah. Anyways, I thought it was funny. Bildad the Shuhite, Zophar the Namathite, and they had made an appointment together to come and to show him sympathy and comfort. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. So the news of Job's calamity spread. And three of his friends responded, for that's what friends do. They respond when they have a relationship with somebody and that person is suffering. They don't ignore it. That's neglect. Or pass it off or play it down. That's even more hurtful. They sympathize. The word here means to grieve, to be in anguish to both emotionally and physically feel with another. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 puts it this way. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. See, there's something about another feeling with us to try to understand and to wear their pain. That's called empathy. The grim reality of our world today is that we're short of empathy. One of the reasons why is because you can't think about yourself and have your eyes turned inward because that empathy is just not there. These guys felt Job's pain enough to weep, uh, to outwardly show uh, tearing their clothes, dust on their heads. Uh, It's kind of a weird reality, but that's what you did when you uh, sat with somebody and, and felt their pain. They identified with Job and and was mourning his condition. See, see, it's taking time to understand another's pain. And that requires stop thinking so much about our own issues. It doesn't mean we ignore them, but we do what, what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. It says to cast all of our cares onto Christ. Let God handle it. Give it to him. And actually the word cast means to chuck to chuck it on him. I want to chuck these things onto God. Uh, But to bear the burden, as we just talked about in Galatians 6, 2, to bear one another's burdens. And that's messy. It's uncomfortable. 
and it's even a bit awkward. Now, I'm sure you have a story where someone connected with you and your suffering. If you can, and you, you can do it very briefly, why don't you just chat about it, just throw it in there. This is what happened, a real quick one. I know for me, when we first moved here some 15 years ago, we just moved into our house. We hadn't quite put all of our materials in the house. We, we did it the night, the night before, and then we went home, and then we came back. And when I came back, I came back early, and, and, I, and I realized that our house was broken into, our brand new house, new to us, was broken into, glass was broken. Uh, they had stole a couple of things, and they even urinated in a closet. I was discouraged, I, and I called the police, and I was, as I was waiting for them, I also called my friend Brett. Brett was uh, the elder chair at the time. He was also the, the, the head of the search team that found me, and I just asked him. He lives close to me, and so I said, hey, Brett, would you just come stand with me? And he did. He came and just stand with me. I don't even know if he said anything, but he was just there, and the, the fact that he was there made a difference. I felt calmer. Uh, he was just being there. And, and, and sometimes we just need that. Being present makes a difference. Now, in all this, Job allowed it. He was willing to have presence, to, to let them in. Why do we tend not to let people in? Yeah, it's scary and risky. And we will see later on that these friends did turn hurtful to Job. But why do you think people push away from others in suffering. Maybe jot some notes in the chat box there and share that with others as we watch, spend time together. But Job's friends were there, present with Job. Not sure if they were keeping the proper social distancing. I'm sure they didn't want to be too close to Job. <laughs> they, they didn't know what he had. Uh, but uh, uh, who do you know that could use a bit of your presence? your sympathy, your empathy, your care. And if you are struggling, will you be willing to let others know and to let people in? Presence is important. We also saw last week that, that Job sought the presence of God in worship. He didn't just neglect God or ignore God or push God away. He went to God. And that's an important part of the presence is to, is, is to have that audience with God, to take time like you're doing now in, in a worship service, to take personal time and to, to interact with God, to pray and to, to cry out to God. We'll talk more about that in a moment, but it's important. See, presence is part of our processing, our struggles with, with suffering and, 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 and struggles. For, for the willingness to process suffering connects us to God and continues healing. Well, let's look at the next of these actions of processing suffering. It's the willingness to seek times of silence. It's the willingness to be silent. Look at verse 13 of, of Job chapter 2. And they, that's the friends and Job, sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. No one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his suffering was great. In the ancient world, uh, seven days was a common time for public grief. If you want some verses for that, Genesis chapter 50, verse 10, 1 Samuel 31, verse 13, Ezekiel 13, verse 15. And yet, processing through grief and suffering is, is different for everyone. 
Now, we're not sure why these friends sat in silence. Maybe it was just to, <clears throat> to soak in the moment, to, to feel it with Job, to, to let him know that they, that they don't need to say anything. They just want him to be and sense there. Maybe they didn't know what to say. <laughs> Even Proverbs tells us that if we're foolish, if we remain silent, we come across wise. So, so we're not exactly sure, but, but silence is a good thing. Psychologists say silence allows us to connect with our feelings and focus our thoughts. Silence stimulates brain growth. It reduces stress. It increases health. It, it aids in concentration. Silence brings on creativity and sl- allows space for reflection and, and, and brings opportunity of self-awareness. Uh, Henry Nowen wrote a book. I was trying to read this, if you saw, uh, from one of my videos, and I haven't had the chance to get, I have got into it a little bit last night some more, but wrote a great book called The Way of the Heart, Connecting with God Through Prayer, Wisdom, and Silence. Henry Nowen uh, encourages times of silence to grow our empathy, and times of silence brings on compassion as well. Now and explains that, that, that impa- the empowering factor of silence is that it connects us to God and, and allows him to speak into our lives. Are you taking times of silence? I encourage you to do so. Zephaniah chapter one, <clears throat> verse seven, the first part of that verse says this, be silent before the Lord God. Isaiah 41, verse one, uh, the first part of that verse says, listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the people renew their strength. So I want us to do something this morning. I want us to take just one minute of silence. We've done it before when we've been in the audience together. And this might be a little awkward at home. But I want you to take just one minute of silence. I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, when I say amen, we'll take that one minute. Father God, I pray that in this moment, one minute of silence, you will actually speak to us. You will actually settle our mind. You will actually be with us in this one minute of silence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take one minute. So what happened? Did God say something to you? Did anything pop into your mind? If you feel like it and you want to and you're expressive that way, write it in the chat. Let us know what you've been thinking in that moment of silence. You know, the Bible book of Psalms, in that book, there's an interesting word used about 71 times in, in 39 different Psalms. It's the word selah. It's a Hebrew word that means pause. It's not just a uh, musical pause, uh, being that the psalms are songs, but, but a moment of silence to let the words that have just been read, just been sung, sink in. 
It's a moment to, yes, stop the sounds, but also to give our minds space to experience and wrestle with what is going on and and let God speak to us. Uh, Lamentations chapter three, verse 28 says this, let him sit alone in silence when it, that's dealing with suffering, is laid on him. This, this was mostly written, this verse in Lamentations was mostly written by Jeremiah to mourn the fall of Jerusalem. He wanted the people to soak in the loss, but also to find hope in God. That was just mentioned a, a few verses earlier. It's Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and, and 23. I'd like you to read it out loud with me. Would you do that? It's up on your screen. Just read this out loud to me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hey, let's read that again, because I really want you to hear it and, and let that soak in, because this verse is so true. Let's do it again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But but to soak in that truth requires that we sit in silence for a moment, saying nothing, doing nothing, just waiting on God to speak to us. Especially when we go through times like Job and his friends, through tough times of suffering and hardship. See, our tendency is to act. We want to do something. And yes, there's times for that. But somewhere there needs to be times of silence where we wait and and, and listen to God. It's part of how we process. For the willingness to process suffering connects us to God and continues healing. See, to process this hashtag why me of suffering is to seek presence, to, to, to be silent, but also to vent. Emotions we express are, are like that carbonated beverage Pastor Rich talked about. Don't worry, I'm not going to open it. <laughs> uh, we, we get shaken up with all the different things. And some of you are so shaken up, this can, is, uh, your emotions are ready to burst. And if we don't let them out, they begin to start bulging out and pushing on other areas of life. And that's why we have all the crazy things that we do and forget things and all kinds of things like that. But how we need to do this is, you know, some people have their technique. By the way, what's your technique? Do you tap the top? Do you wait a while? Do you put it in the oven? I, I don't know what oven. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, but maybe write down in the chat how you uh, uh, deal with a charged soda so others can learn from that as well. But one of the ways, obviously, is to help just let a little bit out, to open it just a little bit so it, shh, it, it, it uh, uh, lets out some of the steam. And it's, it's the same way with our emotions. We need to let out, to vent out. Uh, honestly express our feelings and, and honestly verbalizing our deep questions and thoughts. You know, it's, it's much like how what Ron and Marilyn have been doing. We saw their video last week and, and we're going to see it again this morning. But let's listen again into their story, Ron and Marilyn Jackson. I do wonder why us? 
Because we were so good. But we were no. God's best. We. I was. <laughs> Life was not promised to be a piece of cake. It was going to be hard, and we know that from Scripture. I guess it just seems like there's just so much all at once in a short period of time. My wife and I are opposites. I think in that. I take bad things as really bad things, but I've been in therapy now since uh, the fire, and I've continued that now for seven months. Even though I'm a therapist myself, you can't heal yourself. You need outside vision and all that. And as I've shared some of my life story and shared what I've gone through the last five or six years, my therapist has said, "Ron, those are tremendous losses." Those are traumas because those are hard things to deal with. And probably the first three months in therapy, I said, "Well, I'm getting through. It's all right. Ah, no big deal. No problem." But he would keep on saying that to me, and I, he'd irritated me to tell you the truth. Let's move on. Uh, but he said, "This is what I'm feeling from you. This is hard. This is difficult. You need to grieve these losses." And he said, "You have one on top of another." And he said it enough times that I, I just really did stop at one point and begin to look at my life and say, "Is it this hard?" And for me, the answer was, "It's been brutally painful." Mm. Now God has been faithful. I have gotten through it, but these difficulties have diminished me, and I know God will restore the time, but I'm still wounded. I'm still in recovery, so to speak. And while I love the fact my wife seems to bounce back so quickly, I'm not. I am hurt,、um, and my healing is slow. And it's, it's, I'm not doubting God. It's just for me, every step has been agony. And so I, I think I empathize even more with some of my clients that grieve their losses for years at a time, and they're not weak. I know enough to say they're not. Faking it, but they just take on that pain and have a hard time letting go of it. And I think that's what I'm going through as well. So my personal therapies helped a great deal in recognizing it and having someone outside of the situation look in and go, "Wow, that's 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 a hard blow. That was a difficult thing." And to stop and go, "Gee, was it really?" And recognize it was. It was very hard.、Um, And I and I appreciate that clarity that my therapist has brought to me on that. When I can admit it, I can begin to feel like, well, things are going to get better, and they are getting better, little by little. They're getting better, but I think I'm just recovering more slowly. Ron and Marilyn have been venting. They've been honestly expressing their feelings and. And, and honestly, verbalizing some of the deep questions and deep thoughts that they've been experiencing, Job vents in, in these two same helpful ways. <clears throat> First, he honestly expresses his feelings. Now, J- Job is a, is a is a poetry book, and so things are are written in in, in language that is, is pregnant with meaning, but also gives us some word pictures because those are great ways to express feelings. So, as I read this, think about that and. And maybe figure out what 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 the word picture that he's doing and 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 put word as he puts words to feelings. <clears throat> Chapter three, verse one. Job is now beginning the vent. 
After this, Job opened his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. He didn't curse God, just the day of his birth. And, and Job said, let the day perish on which I was born in the night that said a man conceived and, and let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let, let thick darkness seize it. Let not rejoice among, let, let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come to the number of months. Behold, <clears throat> let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse the Leviathan. <clears throat> let the stars of, of dawn be darkened. Let the it hope for light, ha, but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. The Leviathan that's mentioned there is is most likely a mythical beast or, or maybe a, <clears throat> a great whale or a dragon type creature uh, brought on or said to brought on bring on destruction and mayhem if awakened. And Job is saying, oh, let's, let's release the Leviathan for who cares? My, my life is already ruined. And in there, Job names his feelings, the darkness of hurt and of pain life full of a void of joy, the, the rousting of terror. And he wishes he would have never been born. That, that's being honest. Have you ever felt that way? That much in despair? Struggling that deeply? Some of you have, and some of you may be even now. And it's okay to vent. It's good to identify how we're feeling, to lament. That's what the word means. It means to express those feelings. How are you feeling? Try to put them in to word and word pictures. And let me encourage you, uh, uh, get around some friends who love you and, 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 and dump your soul. Talk out how you feel. Talk to a counselor, just like Ron and Marilyn are. And I want to encourage you, if you would uh, uh, like to talk to someone, even now, just chat in the room. Hey, can someone send me? There's a link that says contact at cypresschurch.net. You can do that, and we'll link you to a Zoom conversation with somebody even right now. But it's good to journal as well and to write out your feelings. Actually, David, King David of the Bible, who wrote most of the Bible book of Psalms, is doing just that. He is lamenting. He is venting. Matter of fact, if you would like a list, of some of those different laments. There's about 20 some odd different lament psalms that express it. And there's a whole group of them that where we lament when we've done something wrong. If you'd like that list, I'd be happy to send it to you. Just email me. Uh, it's, it's mike at neighborhoodchurch.com. Now, if you can't remember that or find it anywhere, just someone in the chat will put it in there and you can email me and I'll email you that list as soon as I can get to it. <clears throat> but Job goes on. Yeah, as he... he he honestly expressed his feelings, but now he's going to honestly verbalize some of the deep questions that he is grappling with. Listen to this last part of this chapter. Verse 11, Job venting. Why did I not die at birth? 
come out of the womb and expire? Why, why did the, the knees receive me or, or why the breast that I should nurse? Or For when I would have lain down and, and been quiet, I would have slept and then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of earth who would build ruins for themselves and with princes who had gold and filled their houses with silver. Why have I not as a hidden stillborn child, as infants who never see the light? There is... Where the, there the wicked ceases from trouble. And there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voices of their taskmaster. The small and the great are there. And the slaves are free from their masters. Why is the light given to him who is in misery? And life to the bitter in soul. Who long for death, but it did not come and dig for it more than, than hidden treasure rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave why is light given to a man whose way is hidden whom God has hedged in for my sighing comes instead of my bread and my groaning are poured out like water for the things that, that I fear come upon me and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. God, why? You can just feel that in the intensity of Job's words as he vents off this, this uh, uh, reality of, of, of verbalizing those questions. It makes no human sense. And Job's lament ends with no hope and no conclusion. Because sometimes in the moment, we just need to feel the depth of our struggle and pain and just sit in it. Psalms 88 is, is like that where, where we're left in the darkness of the moment. That's part of the vent. To not avoid the real pain we feel and to let it be there and verbalizing that, yeah, this stinks. It's awful. Why? Why me? Why now? What are some of the pains you are sitting in at the moment? You know, it's okay to feel miserable. But remember, after we sat in that for a while, to remember in all of this, Job still worshiped God. Yes, we're to vent for that the willingness to process suffering connects us to God and continues healing. But we're also to remember, like Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And the truth is, no matter where you sit in the misery of your own pain, God is right there with you. He's actually wrapped his arms around you and holding you. You may not feel it at times, but he is there. His word promises, never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. God is always with us. We remember verses like 1 Peter 5.10. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, will himself, Restore and 
confirm and strengthen and establish you. Jesus said it very clear in Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Just like the smoke that needs to vent up. God can take our honesty. You know, far above the frustrations of opening a blister pack. It's processing through the frustration of all of the pain and suffering we experience. Job's helps us seek this process experience through presence with God and with others, through times of silence and times where we vent. For the willingness to process suffering connects us to God and continues healing. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the, just the reality of your word and how wonderful and amazing and incredible it is and how it walks us through some of the most difficult times in our life. And God, you help us. You help us in our suffering when we choose to be in the presence of others and we choose to be in your presence and we sit in silence. And when we express out sometimes in colorful words how we feel, I know, God, that you can take that. And you want to hear our heart expression and want us to vent. But, Lord, in that, we want to worship you and honor you and remember your word. So help us in this, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you. You know, as we walk through these times, and this is a difficult time, many people are frustrated. I know I've felt that when as I've chatted with different people, as I've seen across the parking lot, or I've, I've, I've chatted with online, or emailed, or text. There's a lot of frustration going on here. We need to process through all of that. And sometimes it does help to connect with somebody. So let, let me encourage you, if, if you'd like to talk to somebody, we have people even standing by right now, Again, just type in into in, in the email, contact at cypresschurch.net, and they'll email you a link, and you'll have a Zoom conversation with somebody right then and there. Don't let these moments pass by. Take this opportunity. If we can't work it out this morning, and, and that, we can hook you up other times, schedule off a time with you. Well, let, let, let's, let's spend some time focusing in on God. Spend some time in his presence as we sing together. Let's worship.